got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Steve. I uh, I don't think I know any more duets. <laughs> you could also say, get a refund. That was the quote I wrote down from this, and I was like, uh, get a refund on a house? Like, I don't think that's how it works. The, the other quote I wanted to bring up was not a quote in this at all, uh, which is just a famous Leo Tolstoy quote, which is, uh, all happy families are alike, and all unhappy families are unhappy in their own way. And I feel like if you just plugged in Christmas content for families, that uh, that would work for this one. So. <laughs> sure. Really channeling the attitude of the season. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. Special yeah. guest, we haven't introduced you yet. What are you doing buttoning? <laughs> Wait until we got to you. No, I was going to say Sam's standing for uh, Casey Musgrave already. <laughs> yeah, just like you said we were going to do. You did say that, mere. A mere twenty. We're, we're recording these in very close succession, and yeah, that was your mandate. And now we're not. Only one of us is probably going to stand for her at this point. So we'll see. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Welcome back to Christmas month on the NRLD podcast. We are here. We are going down a interesting path in this episode. If you've seen the title, you have a sense of what I'm going for. This is our. We've made departures on this podcast before from cinema. From you know. Cinema is a relatively fluid term in some ways, but we try to stick to it for the most part. We've touched on TV here and there, but this is the first 45-minute concert special thing we've <laughs> talked about. <laughs> so it stands alone. It's a unique entity, and we would never have gone down this particular road without the prodding of our very special guest, our Christmas guru, Sam Johnson. Hello, Sam. Hi there. Sorry for jumping in too early, but I'm, <laughs> I'm raring to go. <laughs> god help you Sam. this is this, this is the road we all knew if you've listened to our previous christmas month episodes you know what this was coming when sam brought it up we were perplexed we were confused we were happy about the short runtime, but we certainly were not really had no idea what to expect sam said it'd be fun he said it'd be charming he said there'd be special guests on the Special, and there were all those things, but it was also not particularly good. I'm talking about the Casey Musgraves Christmas show on Prime Video. It's it's a thing, man. It's a it's, it's a, a real thing. thing. It's, it's a, a real thing. thing. <laughs> Let's talk beverages before we get too deep into it. Um, I do not have another Christmas one, but I do have a very very tall Guinness again. I'm back to that well, and I might need to crack open a second one given what I just watched and the length of this conversation and the, the fervor that emerges from our brains and mouths, because it was, uh, it requires a nice stiff drink after that, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a stiff drink. I just, I have a, a Buffalo trace with the little ginger ale splashed on top, uh, which I think Casey Musgraves Nana probably drinks. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I would encourage you to drink several of them if you, before you watch this. So maybe you can just fall asleep instead. Uh, yeah, I think Casey would probably support uh, your beverage choice, AJ. But I think that's true. Yeah, <clears throat> you probably will not support your viewpoints. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm. You know what, guys? 
I'm going full nog. <laughs> Just back to the nog again? What's full nog? What, what is the, what was the difference between full nog and what you had last night? Like I I I, I don't know. I was feeling like. Maybe I wasn't channeling enough Christmas spirit, and so I'm like, you know what? Let's just let's just nog it up every night. <laughs> is this is this a double nog at this point, or is it like a, what what are we talking in terms of proportions of nog to liqueur? It, it's a normal it's a normal nog, but like I I, I you know I give myself a, a nice little nip. <laughs> Sam's got a nice little nip. Before we got on here, Sam. We were praising you to the heavens. If you listened to our last episode on Netflix's Klaus, is that what we just, I already forgot what we decided to call it. I think it's pretty sure it's we're Klaus. We're going with Klaus. Yeah, we're going with Klaus. We're going with Klaus. Great Christmas miracle, wonderful film. Sam did it. We were over the moon with praise for his choice for just the idea of something special and new. And then within mere hours of that magical turn of events, we are now here talking about Casey Musgraves. And I want to give Sam the floor to get started because I want, we're going to, Andrew and I probably have very similar takes here, but Sam, I want your two cents on Casey Musgraves. This is, this is a different thing for us, but you know, I, I expect you approached it and watched him from, from a, your own specific perspective. And I want to hear what that was all about. Yeah, so I, I didn't think about this when we when I picked it, because uh, obviously I was just sort of following the theme. But I think it actually ends up being a great litmus test for how much <laughs> progress you guys have made. Not very much, then. I guess. <laughs> yeah, disappointing <laughs> to come, I would say. But go ahead. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like based on the initial reactions that I've heard from you guys that. You haven't made much progress out of your Grinch dumb. Um, so, but I, I let's okay. So let's talk about the good stuff. I loved all the special guests. I love Dan Levy. All of them? Oh God, no! Dan, Dan <laughs> Levy was just confusing and awful. He didn't uh, say or do anything funny. I like no. him on Shit's Creek. I didn't like him being bland and useless. Yeah. I thought it was it was just an extension of his character on Schitt's Creek, and I loved it. I but I don't know. Uh, yeah, there were some uh, special guests who were better than others. Um, but the songs were great. The original songs were really great. Um, I found it to be incredibly charming. I loved the aesthetic. I loved the set design. Um, Nana was uh, pretty great. Uh, and all in all. Uh, this also should deliver a decent amount of SEO value. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm excited to check the downloads in a couple of days. That that is definitely sounds accurate. So, that, so from a positive perspective, uh, I, th- those are the things that I sort of hit on. I, I found it like pretty pretty warm and fuzzy overall. Um, in terms of criticisms, I think the things that are fair uh, versus what you guys will bring up. <laughs> Are, uh, so you're presupposing we're gonna have unfair criticisms. I, I know, I know that for a fact, Steve. Come on. <laughs> um, I think the criticisms that are fair is that uh, just like very disjointed. I wish they had a bit more of like a story or a narrative arc. I, I would appreciate <laughs> Or or one at all, or one or one even like reason or through line for why this <laughs> thing exists. Yeah, uh, that would have been nice. It, it was very, very, very random. Um, which is what I expected <laughs> when I saw the, which is what I expected when I saw the 
cast list or special guest thing, but um, yeah, so narrative arc would have been good. Uh, and then just like the band and acting and everything is is uh, just sort of bad. Like, I love Casey Musgrave, right? She, I saw her on the Grammys, fell in love with her, uh, follow her on Instagram. She's like actually kind of funny and cool, but also obviously incredibly attractive and very talented. And it just like, she, she's such a bad actress uh, that it just sort of ruined uh, a little bit. It ruined it a little bit for me, but overall still performance. Oh my god. Andrew, do you want to take the next uh you want to take first crack at that or <laughs> I well so first of all, I just want to say I didn't know what a Casey Musgraves was going into this. But I would I would broadly agree with your assessment that she herself is charming, uh very good looking and easy on the eyes, and uh also like clearly incredibly talented. Um all of that said, I don't know why this exists as a thing. Um, pretty much everything else, pretty much everything where it wasn't her, just and mostly just her singing, was painful and pointless, pretty much. What you are referring to as charm, Sam, I would refer to as grating, obnoxious, and not funny in any way, pretty much. Like, and I don't, I don't even understand... I don't. I don't understand. Like, I. I. I did not understand the conceit of this at all. Like, I understand the conceit of a Christmas variety show. I don't understand why it was a bizarre mix of like winky and cheeky, and then also a throwback to like the 1970s with the control room. Like, I just don't understand. All this did was generate a lot of questions for me about why certain things were happening. Um, I guess two things stick out for me that 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 highlight how bad and annoying this this <laughs> forty five minutes of content uh, were. One would be the entire version of Silent Night with Fred Armisen, with the annoying janitor popping in there, and that was um, like the biggest comedy bit of the entire thing. Comedy that, bit in big giant I, I, quotes. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. It was so funny. Um, and I was just like, would everyone else just shut up and let her sing Silent Night? God damn it. And and then the other part, which just, I mean, when I was watching it, my head basically exploded, was when they had, I think, Kendall Jenner. One, I didn't, I don't know the Jenners by sight other than like Kim Kardashian, pretty That's much. That's the correct Jenner, yeah. Uh, uh, when she showed up and did a riff on the love actually cards and i was like light this thing on fire and put it in the cannon and then send it into the sun and i never want it to exist anymore so it's terrible don't watch it don't waste your time <laughs> wait, in wait. summation we're already <laughs> wait wait so i agree with you about the fred armison bit that was, that was like 10 minutes or like that was, that was, that was like the bulk of, of the, that was the longest segment arguably in the entire thing i would say and it was terrible it was that, not funny and obnoxious and it was awful yeah if that's their like anchor anchoring bit or whatever it really fell flat um so that was really bad but something you have to consider about the kendall jenner thing is that she didn't speak 
I put, I took in my notes that it was a clever way, you know, clever again in, in giant quotes, but like a way she doesn't have to really act or sing. She just stands there. Like it was a good, if you're going to use her, which I don't think you have to by any means, but I get in this mishmash of its own SEO value, throwing people in there, maybe her friends who, who knows where they came from. But if you have, you have the need to put a Jenner in there, it's probably best to give her a segment like that, even though it does raise the ire and is one of the most polarizing, a ripoff of one of the most polarizing, or an homage to one of the most polarizing scenes in Christmas movie history. <laughs> if the baseline for a Christmas special is if you have to put a Jenner in there somewhere, then you've already lost me. So, um, <laughs> like, I don't know where where to go, where to go with that. Like, I, I guess, like, the two biggest questions I have, and I have a lot of questions about this, including, like, did Leon Bridges just walk off the set of Blazing Saddles, um, was, you know, what was this even going for at all? And then why wasn't this just a Spotify playlist with all the annoying parts taken out? Because that would have been perfectly pleasant. I don't know. I think, Sam, unfortunately, though I'm not saying you didn't genuinely enjoy it, and I could see human beings out there enjoying this. <laughs> I, Andrew and I are certainly not among them, but we are not the target audience for this by any means. We didn't know who Casey Musgraves even was, so that's strike one, two, and three right there. The only reason we're watching it is because you asked us to. But I will say that like, I, 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 this, this feels like the, the exact thing we've been talking about in this series in this last month is just Christmas content that is created to exist because it, it is easy to find, it is digestible, it is quick, it is lazy, and it, and it serves a very broad purpose for a certain number of people. Like, it just does not, I think, it just, you know, if you can suspend your personal enjoyment of this item, I just don't think there's a ton of redeeming value at all beyond the fact that it exists and there's some songs you like and the people look nice like i guess that's enough that's reason for a lot of people to watch something but i just don't think that is great or or anything we should hang our hats on in any capacity whatsoever i would just say that you just gotta lean into it it's like for me i'm just like just lean into the ridiculousness and the and its flaws and just enjoy the parts that are enjoyable but I, 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 the, the one thing that I'm sympathetic to is the like, I, I, so uh, the other piece is that I don't think you can call it lazy because like it was, you know, in front of a live studio audience and like the set is really cool and like, like the way that it was connected, like th there was clearly thought uh, and work put into the construction of it. There just wasn't thought. Uh, and direction put into the like, why are we doing this piece of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I agree. There, like, I think you're right. There, I, I just it would not be fair to call this lazy. Exactly, it doesn't like. It's just mostly bizarre and pointless. I don't know. I, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, lazy is not the right word. To, I, I totally, I agree with that. That was a poor choice of words. But it does feel like it is. It feels like it is sprinting to the finish sometimes, or sprinting from bit to bit, from song to song, and I don't really know why. Like, there was no... Like, that to me feels like we have to keep this under 47 minutes because we've determined 
via our own algorithm, that's how long people will sit and watch something. <laughs> and so everything can only be this long and there can, there's only room, like, let's get these 10 names in here because they are 10 valuable, attractive names. Like, it's just, it, this, this feels as algorithmy as anything we've watched so far. And again, not lazy because I think they all, all did have, seem like they had fun making it and the music is good. And yeah, it's, it's not like they dash it off in five seconds, but yeah, I just don't know what purpose it serves other than its most surface level generic purposes, you know, like it's just, there's so little to it beyond that. And it's the kind of thing where if they had put a little time into it, it probably would have been fine. If it just, if it just been a little more fleshed out and felt like it had a little more of a reason to be, I don't think I would have had much vitriol. I would have been like, Oh, it's fine. Whatever. Like super harmless. They're all talented. End of story. But because it was just so, it was just because, because of the way it was put together, I just did not like watching it at all. And Steve, to that point, like I, I wonder how much of a, of a function of it being a live show fed into that, because mm-hmm. I think about this in context of uh, Bill Murray. You remember the Bill Murray Christmas special that came out? A yeah. Ago? Yeah. Like it had a story, and there were like threads, and like it had a premise, right? Like this, what what this is missing is a premise. There's no explanation as to why Casey Musgraves is in her weird like dollhouse, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I do wonder a, a little bit about how much it, it would have been better for them to like be able to do multiple takes on things, uh, and 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 that and how that would have like sort of enabled the ability to uh, to create a story. So I think some of it is a bit endemic to the way that they want that they did things, uh, but yeah, I, I think we can agree that it lacks a premise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't believe people in the audience laughed at anything that happened. Like I, 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 I think that's the other thing that really like bothered me about it. it was clearly trying to be funny in large parts of it, and it just wasn't. Just not funny. And so, uh, I, like, I actually went into this with a fairly open mind, and I, I don't think I would have minded this if it had been a very straightforward, like, um, you know, even if it had played a very straightforward, plain, banal sort of humor, just to just to have parts in between, you know, what was some pretty pretty good music. Um, I could have, I, it wouldn't be my choice to watch it, but I could have appreciated it, I guess. And, but the humor in here was so bizarre and didn't form any sort of thread that I just spent most of the time confused. And I think that's part of the reason it kind of like, it just didn't work for me. So. Yeah, I will agree with Sam what you said earlier. The original songs are the ones I like the most. Like yeah. when she was doing her, the Christmas, the Christmas standards, it makes me a maybe I'm, maybe I'm a curmudgeon maybe I'm not but I just don't care for most of those songs whatever they're fine I've heard them eight million times they don't have any weight to me they don't they don't fill my heart with any joy they're just the Christmas songs I've heard a million times but when I hear her do some stuff that I've never heard before and she's very talented I I perk up and I pay attention and I thought those were all very very well done and I think the ending was particularly fascinating in the sense that the last song and sort of the way that all these people come out and they do a big whole production of it that felt to me like a very unearned infusion of fun like if i had just if i'd walked in the room and seen that last three minutes 
I would have thought like, wow, this looks like a really fun like variety show. <laughs> like, look, look how much energy there is, and look how much fun they're having, and like, hey, this looks really neat. But I just thought the 40 minutes leading up to that were so blah that at the end I was like, wow, they're like, it's like they're tricking me on my way out the door and th- making me think I had a good time watching this when in reality I was, you know, <laughs> barely struggling to pay attention. So <laughs> it was a weird sort of sort of amalgamation at that point. What I will say is I I would be interested in a much better executed version of this, I guess. Not really that interested. But <laughs> but I would I would put it on as background music or background noise while rapping presents or something like that. Uh I like I think and I and I uh, you know <laughs> given what we're about to do, which is watch a Hallmark movie, I would like much rather watch someone with actual talent do something Christmas related like this. than uh, I, what I assume is just going to be straight hot garbage in my face for two hours when we watch a Hallmark movie. So I'm like, from that perspective, I am like, if, if, if Christmas content is on the docket every December, which for Steve and I definitely is, uh, <laughs> and for Sam definitely is like, then I'm interested in this as a, as a format and a way to bring back something that was more a part of the holidays back in the seventies and eighties, you know, when, when variety shows and specials like this were, were a thing, you know, that, that you kind of filled, filled time with. So I'm, I'm intrigued by it from that perspective. I just think this particular execution of it was strange and ineffective yeah uh agree to disagree on that point but um so i the the high point of the show for me was the uh original song christmas makes me cry yeah i agree i wrote it down Mm -hmm. yeah that song is like it's you know for all your criticisms it's unquestionably the freshest take on Christmas that this uh, that this special offered, and it was the only point that it got close to uh, answering the question of why it exists for me. Uh, and and I, I find that song really, really like actually in 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 tune with the Christmas spirit, but a, a different different sort of approach to it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's. I thought that was the best part as well. And it's a shame there wasn't more of that. Is all I can say. It's a shame there wasn't more things that I was genuinely intrigued to watch. But I would concur. That was. It was like I said. It wasn't all. It wasn't. It really wasn't a terrible nightmare. Like it just. Andrew, I agree with your point too. There's. There's a world where this is something decent. It's just not the one we currently live in. There's. It's not the Earth that we are inhabiting. So. So wait. My other big question is: How did they select? Like, is, is it just her friends, or is it a mixture of her friends plus the algorithm? Like, because it, it to your point, Steve, it feels very algorithmy. It's like, oh, can we take all of the like sort of like uh, edgy but still very famous people, um, with the exception of Kendall Jenner? And I'm wondering if that's just who Casey Musgraves hangs out with, or if it's like decided by Amazon's algorithm. I have a theory about this and I'm going to give partial credit to to my wife, Amanda, because she watched this with me and she was like, she is convinced that Casey Musgraves agents put her up to this, like, and that she looked <laughs> uncomfortable the entire time while she was doing that. And 
that is a, a line of thinking which I I am sympathetic to as well. But now that you asked that question, Sam, I'm like wondering if like Casey Musgraves has the same agent as all the other people who are uh, in this, and it was just an excuse to get like for 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 that that agency to get like all of its people in one thing, um, and maybe with a dash of Amazon uh algorithm to go in there so there's there's your there's my pet theory i guess to answer that question <clears throat> it's as good a theory as any to be honest i don't i i thought she seemed relatively enthused to be there but she's a performer you know like i you know i, I if you if you brought me some evidence that showed me that these people all worked for the same people or all had like some insidious connection to each other i would buy that one 100 percent i'm not gonna, gonna do the research for that <laughs> yeah it's not, it's just let's none of us do the research i don't think any there's no intrepid entertainment journalists out there who care enough to do this research but if it drops on my doorstep i'll, I'll read it and consume it and think about it for sure <laughs> It's a packet of information that just like is slid under your door. Yeah, I think it's it's a plausible it's a plausible theory, but yeah, I don't know. It well, it could just easily be just who she hangs out with, though. Also, I I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio and the Pussy Posse, you know? Like, the Pussy Posse was a very eclectic <laughs> group. There was E from Entourage, there was Tobey Maguire, there was Lucas Haas. Like, it wasn't all people, it wasn't like Leo hanging out with Pitt and all them. Like, he had his own random crew, so maybe Casey Musgraves hangs out with a slightly eclectic group of people. Like, we, well, we don't know. I can't, I can't say either way, so. And weird-ass game night at Casey Musgraves' house. <laughs> yeah. Just like Zoe Deschanel and Carly Rae Jepsen and whoever she- else. Zoe Deschanel was good. She, her, I mean, she's a good performer too. But anyway, that part was really weird because I just didn't understand why they were singing a Hawaiian Christmas carol. I love that song. I love Melly Kalikimaka, one of my favorite Christmas carols. But and and it was good. I just didn't I, I, like many other things that happened in the forty-five minutes. I just didn't understand <laughs> why it was happening. That was it. I, this is my thing. It, it's again a function of the live show, right? Like. They were just trying to build in the like uh like trick boxes that they would pull shit out of. Right? Yeah, they were going for cheap heat for sure at that point. They just wanted some pops yeah. they knew they were gonna get. It was the same as the Leon Bridges thing, right? You know, with the like where they keep the camera in or they turn the camera or whatever and you know, then you're walking on this on the ceiling, it's the Billie Eilish thing, right? And so yeah. like the, 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 some of it is like it was clear that they put thought into the visual effects of a live show um, and none into constructing a narrative story. Well, let's move minor, from... Minor detail. Yeah, minor <laughs> detail, for sure. Let's move from talking about this as an entity in and of itself to talking about Prime Video. So I think Prime Video is sort of the redheaded stepchild of these streaming services because most people who have it do not... Get it, Amazon. They, they buy Amazon Prime for all the other services Amazon offers as part of it. And then, by the way, you also get this streaming service with a lot of really good stuff on it. Fleabag is one of my favorite shows the last couple years. Catastrophe is a great show. There's tons of movies. They're, Amazon's making original movies now. So it's not like there's not like you're getting a pile of nothing for it. But I think very few people get this service to stream things. And so I don't think it really has an identity yet. I think it's just sort of a repository for stuff. 
And I feel like this is, as far as I know, their first attempt into the Christmas world to sort of make inroads there and create something that's obviously meant to be rewatchable and become a staple of sorts in families, amongst children, people who love Casey Musgraves, etc. What do you guys think this says about Amazon's strategy in terms of original content? What do you think it says about Prime Video? Or does it say absolutely nothing and it's just some quick thing they put together again not not quick meaning quick meaning they knew it was gonna be an easy win and they sort of just took their w they'll take their views and they'll you know and they'll move on i think it just shows that amazon doesn't really have a strategy when it comes to its streaming video but also that it doesn't really matter like yeah i don't know if i would pay for amazon prime streaming video if i didn't want two-day shipping uh but like while I'm in the neighborhood, I do spend I, I do spend a surprising amount of time using their service. So, I mean, they they right now they 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 basically in addition to their own original content, which I mean, we have to give them credit. I think people forget that they were actually first. I think they were the first uh, streaming service to have a best picture nominee before uh, before by the sea, before, right? Correct, correct, yeah. Um, so they they beat Netflix to that space. Uh. Um, and now they have like, it's, it's a, it's interesting. Like they, this feels, this particular special feels like a very Netflixy thing to do to me, but I think maybe that just is indicative of like the shifting sort of sands going on here. Because like, like when I think of Amazon prime streaming, like I think of their original movies and then I like they have pretty much the entire a 24 catalog, um, at this point that eventually cycles on to prime, which, uh, you know, for nerds like Steve and I, A24 is like pretty much, I would argue, like the best independent studio going right now. And I, I argue, I don't even think it's really close. And uh, so they've got that. So yeah, I, I spend like a surprising amount of time watching stuff on their service, despite the fact that it doesn't, it does seem like kind of rudderless and directionless, which again, rudderless and directionless kind of fits perfectly with, uh, this Casey Musgraves content. So I don't know. I, 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 uh, I disagree with you guys a lot about Amazon's strategy. Um, in, in context of this, I don't think that this was the best thing that they could have done to enter into Christmas content. Um, but I think generally Amazon is pretty committed to doing less in terms of new production and making sure it's of higher quality um, vis-a-vis Netflix specifically. And I think that that's, that's like a pretty, like all of their stuff is pretty good. Um, Even Jack Ryan is like, is, is a good like thriller action sort of series, but like all of, all of the stuff that they've been rolling out, high quality, um, like a a catastrophe you mentioned the others catastrophe and um, the British one uh, I can't remember yeah yeah Fleabag it's all like super high quality stuff and so that like I just think they're a little bit more cheesy because they can like Netflix is under this intense pressure to produce more and more content so that they can compete against Disney's back right Amazon doesn't have that same pressure because to your point, AJ, they have a hundred and some odd million U.S. households want free shipping, and so it gives them yeah. the ability. It gives them the ability to 
And I think when you see the Lord of the Rings content start rolling out, I mean, they made a massive investment. They paid like $2 billion yeah. for the right of that, right? Uh, and they're gonna, the production costs are going to be insane on that. Um, so, like, I think Amazon's strategy is decent, but this specifically is not a great is not not a great entrant into Christmas realm. Well, it doesn't. It just doesn't feel like it fits with that within that context, Sam. Which is yeah, like, exactly. go, which like go 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 big and get a winner, um, which is. Honestly, like very, in some ways, very, very Disney-like. Yeah, I'd say like broadly, the other thing I, I have to give them a lot, Amazon, a lot of credit for, um, is that I think they, they, they do more than any, than the other streaming services um, to feature older, older film. Like I'm always impressed when I go on there how how much stuff from like the 80s 70s and before like they they even have a version of it's a wonderful life available on their two versions actually a colorized version and a black and white version and if you watch the colorized version um you should be thrown (laughs) into a fire uh but um but anyway they have that for you if you want it um so right though i'm on there right now and like they really do not push their own stuff that hard like i see the report that adam driver movie which is the third of three adam driver movies of the last couple months that people give a shit about the far far (laughs) far last place but it's still an adam driver movie and they have that movie britney runs a marathon which came out earlier this year and then everything else near the top of the page is is old stuff is stuff from you know is just just things they put out there for you and i appreciate that because netflix shoves it down your throat super hard that this is the stuff they've made and then disney is just all disney stuff anyway so they don't even have to yeah it's just their whole that's their whole thing yeah I think what this what this little you know traips through all the streaming services has reminded or like taught me or made me realize more than anything is very like beyond Disney Plus, which like we said is a, is a just Disney's you know streaming mouthpiece. I don't think Netflix nor Amazon seem like they have much of a plan. You know, like I'm very curious to see as we go forward how they try and differentiate themselves from each other. Like we didn't watch Hulu, but I'll include Hulu in that regard. It's just that I just like, if you ask me to describe what these services are in a couple adjectives, I don't think they would, the adjectives I would offer would be very different. I think they're all just sort of repositories for stuff with a few good things and a lot of bad things, but there's going to have to be a time in the near future where they stand for something or they mean something. Are you paying twelve dollars because you get xyz like maybe it'll just be the content they create and that's all they're gonna hang their hats on but right now i just don't see a ton of differentiating and i'm very curious to see where that goes from here well i mean i would disagree a little bit with you just because i think you know the mental model we have as as film people is to equate netflix and amazon with studios but the reality is they're not like studios actually um they I mean, obviously, in the case of Amazon, they have <laughs> like like a myriad of other lines of business that have nothing to do with content, even right. Like, but um, even beyond that, like the 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 stream, the incentives and the and the demands of the streaming uh, services are really different than the demands that a traditional studio sort of has. And so, I guess I wouldn't fully agree with the idea that either of them or both of them have no plan. I just think their plan might not actually have much to do with, um, you know, an identifiable uh, theme 
to their content, I guess, if that makes sense. So like, uh, you know, when we talk, even when we talk about a 24, right? Like a 24, that like that, that when I think of a movie that a 24 puts out now, I have a very specific kind of movie in mind. And, uh, I, but these two entities, especially like, like let's set Disney aside because Disney plus is just another extension of Disney and what kind of what Disney has always done in a lot of ways, but Netflix and Amazon, they're, they're really going for different things, which are like sort of constant eyeballs. Um, and, and then Amazon's Amazon's MO is even different from Netflix, which is like, it's just kind of a part of the whole equation, but that's where Amazon is like in some ways the most complicated to unpack because again, it's tied to two day shipping on, you know, Clorox wipes. So I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very difficult to, um, to, to talk about like a theme or an identifier, a, a, a brand identifier, because it just, it's a different mental model, I think. So. Yeah, yeah and- you're right. And I guess, you know, we'll see as time goes by, cause like the, 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 the you know, wars for lack of a term between them are just starting to become a thing. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, I and right now you're, I, I didn't think about it that way, but you're obviously super right. Their goal is to get as many people as possible. They don't care who it is or why they don't care what you like. They want to have as many things so that everyone out there will have a reason to pay $12. But I don't think that'll be the case forever. So I'm curious once growth starts stagnating and things start changing and, and with something like this Christmas kind like, is someone going to lean harder into Christmas or holidays than others? Is someone going to get more the and narrow at a certain point because it just makes more sense once everyone has everything what happens next so i guess that's so yeah. my real sort of intriguing element is like a year or two down the line what, what's the landscape going to be like and i agree at this point like for this point you you makes like they're yeah they're just they're they're putting stuff out there just for the sake of hoping someone goes "Ooh, casey musgraves i'll watch that like they don't care who you are or why you want to do that just click the button <laughs> yeah i agree with that and i i think that that reckoning is going to come for disney plus too because like everyone's super psyched about Disney Plus right now because they can watch all the movies out of the vault. But at some point, like I mean, obviously, you know, evergreen content is important, um, and Disney has a huge moat there. But like at some point, you you're, you're gonna have to give people a new reason to keep coming back for Disney Plus, and so they're gonna get caught in this sort of war for eyeballs in the same way that Netflix and Amazon are. And AJ, to your point about Amazon, is like Amazon has this weird incentive to also keep Netflix in business because <sighs> AWS runs Netflix. Right, right. right. And, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. and, that's, and that's, you know, at times 50% is the, the internet traffic in the US. So yeah. it, 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 it's, 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 it's right not to think about them as studios. And that's why I think that Amazon's strategy is a bit more uh, complex and actionable than uh, I think we give them credit for as consumers yeah. of only. Um, is that they know that they have to sort of play this weird, weird place in the market where you need to get the eyeballs, but you also need to allow space for competition in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a cool dynamic. Well, I mean that, but that dynamic is not necessarily even new. I mean, like you, you read the studies, and like Pepsi is good for Coke and vice versa, right? Um, so, like competition is is not actually the worst thing um, in like in the brand space. I think, and I, I just I, I really I'm not sure I fully agree. I, I think Disney Plus 
um, you can kind of set aside because I just think Disney Plus is going to own the family market. I mean, you, I was going to say, you guys can never get rid of Disney Plus because you no, have kids no, and your no, kids will scream no. bloody murder if you got one uh, thing like, you know, it's just yeah. not even an option. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm locked into Disney Plus for a decade at least, right? <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, I don't care. I Like, The Mandalorian is good, but I don't, like... If they took the Mandalorian and Noel and every other piece of original content out of out of there tomorrow, I would still subscribe to it. <laughs> so so I think they're in a different space. I don't I, I don't know. I don't know that the pressure is there. Um, and they have a weird feedback loop, too, with their parks and their like all their other experiential stuff that Netflix and Amazon don't have either. So it's really fascinating in some ways. Uh in other ways, you know, Sam, you'll have heard me already say this today in an email, but like in other ways, like as movie people, I feel like Steve and I spend more time now just thinking about the way we watch movies than actually the movies themselves, which is kind of a shame. Um, it it's just feels like to, to borrow a very cliche phrase. It's, it's very, everything is very disrupted right now. So like it's, it, it, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting to see, but like I just, as someone who really, at the end of the day, cares about uh, being, you know, well, just just great art getting a chance to get made and seen by a lot of people, I I just I, I'm filled with sort of anxiety and uncertainty mostly with all this stuff. I have to say, um, so yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good conversation. I think and I think Amazon Prime or Prime Video is a good uh, stepping off point for this sort of conversation because we've watched the two more content centric services offerings, and now we've got this one that, like you said, you can buy a vacuum cleaner and you can watch Casey Musgraves, <laughs> and like you can do either one. They don't care which one it is; they prefer both, but they're fine with you know any of the above. So it's gonna be interesting, and to tie it back to Christmas as well, we'll see. Like I mean, it'll be you know now that everyone is sort. Now that there is, you know, some a genuine competition with a ton of these services out there, it'll be fascinating in the next couple of years to see how how very like you can you can lean very heavily on your Christmas offerings. Like you can at a certain time of year, and if you're Sam all year, you can just <laughs> pump this stuff out, and there's a sort of built-in audience for it. So it'll be curious to see who leans on this kind of thing more and more, and who pops out a Casey Musgraves or a Noel, you know, once a year, or a Klaus to satisfy the audience, and the rest of the year goes back to what they're doing. Like I think it'll be very, very intriguing to see who goes where. But there is one company, one, I don't want to say service, <laughs> one channel, one entity that pumps out Christmas content nonstop, endless amounts. It's all horrible. It's mocked. It's ridiculed. And it's watched by millions of people. And that's where we're going next. We are going to watch <laughs> a Hallmark movie. <laughs> we're going to God help we're going us. To finish up the month with Hallmark movies. And has either of you picked your Hallmark movie yet? Sam, you've probably watched a bunch already, but have you picked the one you want to talk about? Let's, let's, let's give the audience a little hint as to what's coming next time. Um, I have it on my DVR right now. I can't remember the name of it. Just give me a real quick second. Got to pull up the uh, the very extensive, exhaustive uh, uh, Hallmark Christmas programming guide. Um, I believe that I think I was going to watch. Uh, oh no, I missed, guys. First of all, their programming guide starts in on October 26th. 
Oh my god. That's the it's first way too, one? It's the way too early. Yeah, so that one was Christmas Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses. That's my birthday, too. I feel like there's... I don't like the, the oh. karma there. <laughs> so, yeah, we missed that one. Um, I think I was... I think I either went for uh, Christmas Town, which seems like really good, or Christmas in Rome. Uh, those were the two ones I was looking at. Those are very boring uh, titles. They're all boring, Steve. <laughs> They're all boring. All boring titles. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have mine picked out, in a. it's based off of a recommendation from my wife's cousin, Megan. I love Megan. I know you're a listener. Uh, it's called Right Before Christmas, uh, but it's right, like, right, like right handwriting. So it's about someone who sends letters to people or something. So but <laughs> she gave me a list of like five or six to choose from. And that was literally the first one. And I was just like, I'm going. And she said it was she literally texted me. It was like, these are in no particular order. And I was like, well, I'm just going with the first one because I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so it, it was also like the soonest on the like when I was I looked at a couple of them. It was the soonest on my DVR that I could record. So. Right. Uh, yeah. Sam, can I recommend one? That I have nothing picked out yet. I don't have cable, so I have to figure out a way to watch this. I'm sure I can <laughs> throw something together. Sam, can you clandestinely text me one you think I should watch when we're done recording here? Uh, absolutely, or I can just tell you right now. <laughs> you can just tell me right now. That's fine. Sign me up. There's what am I watching? There's a hot one coming up on Saturday, December 21st, which <laughs> will also break new ground for this podcast. Um, it's called Double holiday double holiday wow another very boring title that doesn't yeah, God. Me. they just like they don't care about the titles at all you think they you think that would be a hook but i guess they're not they don't even worry about that whatsoever are the manatees from from family guy from south park just making up these titles they're just pushing the holiday mistletoe balls around and seeing what order they end up in like they are can you guys guess what double holiday is about um, <laughs> it's so it's so broad in general that I honestly don't know. It's it's. Is it about like a Jewish person and a like Christian person because they're they're gonna have to do like is it like Chrismica from the OC? That that is so correct, AJ. Wow! Yeah, all right, okay, all right. that's fun. We have, we talked about that. We Stop haven't breaking watched... new ground. Like we should just watch the Chrismica episodes from. The OC, which would be a good thing to do. I'm, I'm excited future. now that, like, like Sam's hinted at, now we can talk about a like half Hanukkah movie. That's great. The woman in the in the I don't know what you call like the movie thing uh, picture. The woman is just holding a drape. <laughs> as, as Jewish people are wont to do, yeah, just picking up dreidels and walking around all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel like like uh, they should have like a Ben Mankiewicz type character, and that's if you guys don't know that, that's the guy on Turner Classic Movies who like introduces the movie before it's gonna play. Like, I really feel like they should just have that for Hallmark movies, and like I feel like it would probably end with the person committing suicide on like December twenty second. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, it'd be so good. Is, this, is this host forced to sit and then watch the movie after he introduces them like the entirety? <laughs> yeah, in, in my head, yes. And so they have to replace the host every year because the host, like you know, decides to end it all. Yeah, uh, just with justifiable reason too. I would say if that person had to go through that. 
So I guess I don't have high hopes for this, I guess you could say. So. Yeah, I don't think any of us do. But it's going to be a very satisfying, in some ways, conclusion. It will free us <laughs> from our Christmas obligations. And it will be a fun romp. We will go through them all. We will describe them all. I think we'll assign time limits. We'll all talk for like three minutes. We'll have to sum up the stories. If it even takes three minutes, it might take 30 seconds. And then we will go through them and we will talk about it. And we will we will see how low Christmas content can really go. We'll see how we'll probably come out with a newfound praise for all these streaming services just because they're not Hallmark. We'll just say, wow, this is it could get so much worse. Yeah, you're gonna love Casey after uh, after your Hallmark experience. <laughs> yeah. I'm no doubt of that. Yeah, I believe that as well. <laughs> well, until then, you can find all of our other Christmas episodes at inrealdeep.com. Subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. The In Real Deep podcast is there, and of course, inrealdeep.com. Beyond our podcast, there's reviews. There's plenty of other good stuff up there, so go check it out. It is there for your reading and listening pleasure. Andrew, Sam, thank you both for joining us. One more episode, and then we're done. We're free. Christmas is right around the corner, and I am partially to very excited, depending on <laughs> the time of day. <laughs> depending on what streaming service you're watching. <laughs> yes, that's right. Depending on which content I've consumed. But Sam, it's, it's been illuminating little trapes down through, uh, through the services, so I like this idea a lot, and we'll take it to its logical conclusion next time. We're really close. We're really close to Christmas. We're so close. It's right around the corner. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Santa soon will come our way. Eight little reindeers for his sleigh. Santa's the reindeer.